Welcome to the Action Sports Podcast. We created this podcast to help you become sponsorable by learning from the athletes, brands, and those that are crushing it in action sports. So crank up the volume and get inspired to turn your passion of riding into your career. What is up, action sports enthusiasts? If you have not already joined the Action Sports Club, head over to ASCArmy.com forward slash podcast so you can get your club invite and start learning how you can land sponsorships and spend way more time riding. Again, that is ASCArmy.com forward slash podcast. See you in there. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Action Sports Club podcast. Stoked on today's guest. I found this man. I stopped him on the street. There's a dirt road in the back, in like in a dark alley, right? Of, uh, you know, I guess an alley of woods, right? And the the heart of Pennsylvania uh, at an enduro race. So it was actually pretty cool to, to catch you there. I saw your logo everywhere and I was like, man, who is this guy? Why have I seen this everywhere? And I've seen uh, it online as well. And then I even reached out to my buddy up in Calgary and I was like, have you heard of this? He's like, I've heard of it. I don't know why, but I have seen it. And I was like, interesting. Uh, yeah, but it's good. Cause I gave a lot of, uh, gave a lot of free t-shirts away to try to promote it in the beginning. So, <laughs> yeah. And the, the way I saw it was for sure on social media. I mean, the world's so big and giving a lot of giving a lot of stuff away helps social media is like the big thing for us to get reach in the industry a lot of people are consuming it there's so many people consuming it even we consume it but got frank atwell with uh evolve moto and deco right deco deco construction is what sponsors uh all my bad habit racing habits so hey that's not a problem you you I think you may have transitioned from one bad habit to the next, which is okay. And we'll talk, we'll get into it, but it's, it's a good habit to be in. I think it's a lot of fun and it's very relatable to a lot of people. So I think you're, you're right in the the right industry. Um, Actually, you know, let's start off with that. I, I, I'm very curious. You have owned or driven many, many, maybe I'm wrong which I could be, and I'm okay with that, but you've driven many supercars. Uh, well, I wouldn't say many, but I've owned a few supercars. I've, I had a, the, I had a Porsche uh, 911 Carrera S and uh, an Audi R8. Okay. So you've had, oh, did you ride with friends that had all those other cars then? Yeah. I've had some friends that have had some pretty, pretty unique cars. Yeah, so you have a social media that's just packed full of cars, and I'm like, man, this guy's a car guy. Yeah, a lot yeah, of cars. Well, I belonged to a supercar group here in Kansas City before I started racing, so I was constantly out with the with the guys checking out different cars and you know doing different car meets and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. so back to my comment earlier, from one bad habit to the next, you went from supercars to now riding, racing dirt bikes. Yeah. Yeah, the supercars left and dirt bikes took over for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's it was that's not really intentional, but that was like I can kind of go back and see there's a through line for sure. Was, yeah, the dirt bike thing was pretty accidental. So yeah. But now that 
you kind of go back in your time frame timeline and you're like, Oh, he's actually been riding dirt bikes for a long time. Like off and on, you've been on bikes, right? Well, street bikes. Yeah. And then, I mean, I grew up a little bit riding quads, like in my late teens and early twenties. And then, uh, I mean, technically the, I had a dirt bike when I was 15 for about six months and it was a CR 125 and the clutch blew out on it after about three or four months of owning it. And I really, I couldn't afford or figure out how to fix it. So it left oh. But that was really my, that was my first and only dirt bike for a very long period of time. So. And then you've ridden the KX 250, you've crashed on a KX 250. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, um, the, the KX 250 was in North Dakota. Um, I had it for about two months, uh, and I rode with some guys in North Dakota and that was probably in 20, 2016. Mm-hmm. So that was a very short lived stint on a dirt bike. And then you transitioned, you know, a couple of years later, you got into a CRF 450 L. Yeah. And that was kind of interesting too. So like basically how that happened is me and my family bought, uh, well, I say my wife and my kiddo, we bought a, uh, a Honda UTV to go explore the, uh, the mountains out in Colorado and different places. And they didn't really enjoy, you know, being beat up inside of one of those as much as we kind of thought that we would all enjoy it together. And it really wasn't as enjoyable as we thought. So I actually took it back to the dealership to see if they would buy it back from me. And because of the economy and the way things were, it was, they wanted, they were They would give me full value of what I paid for it. If I bought something else from them. And the only other toy that they had that I really thought I would have any fun on is a, it was a street legal CRF 450 L I think. So it had the, you know, the big rear view mirrors on it and the turn signals and all that stuff. And so that was my, that was roughly two years ago now, um, a little over two years ago. So that was my first, you know, real dirt bike in many, many years. So that was, that was kind of what started. I guess I could go into from there. What happened is, uh, I put a, I took the street tire off the back of it and put a dirt tire on it. And I went to Chadwick, Missouri with some friends and, uh, they both were pretty impressed by my ability to handle the CRF 450 on the trails and, asked me if I'd ever thought about doing any racing or anything like that. And so it kind of sparked interest in me. And actually I think on the way home from there, I looked up Graham Jarvis and Billy Bolt and uh, you know, all those guys from overseas. And I just became obsessed with what Billy Bolt and Graham Jarvis were doing on a dirt bike. And I, I really can't even explain to you why it bit me so hard, but that hard enduro bug, like just, they had so much control over it and it was so methodical rather than just blasting out, you know, uh, 75 foot doubles and stuff like that. It was just the stuff they were doing just really, really intrigued me. And I probably about a week later, I bought a Husqvarna TE 300 I, um, and tore it up pretty quickly. I think the, probably the first or second ride out on it. Um, I tried to go up a pretty good incline and flipped it over backwards and broke, you know, half of the plastics off of it and the yeah, tail. No fun fender. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was the beginning. And then, um, I, that, I think that would have been about, I want to say October ish when I bought that Husqvarna 
And I signed up for, I had absolutely no idea who held hard enduros or where to go to a hard enduro at or anything about it. So I started doing some research and asking some local friends of mine and Nate Looney, one of my, one of the local riders here in Kansas city, he's, uh, he's been riding, you know, since he was just a kid and he, he had told me about, I think it was either Nate Looney or Tucker uh, Smith. They, they're both, you know, been riding for quite a while, but they, uh, they told me about the SEER, the S E E R series, which does hard enduro. It's like the, it's Tennessee, Kentucky and those areas. But anyway, they do, uh, they, the, the soonest race I could go to was coming up in, uh, it was the COVID crusher two, uh, And so I signed up to go to it and they actually have, so they have four classes with this year. They have uh, iron, bronze, silver, and gold. And, you know, with gold being the highest and iron being the lowest. And I signed up for bronze because it was my first race ever on a dirt bike. I had never done hair scrambles or anything before that. Right. And, uh, so I signed up for bronze and one of my local friends here in Kansas city talked me out of signing up for bronze and moving to silver because oh, he wow. thought if I was driving 12 hours away, I should get the full experience of the whole track. So oh. I ended up signing up for silver and it rained and rained that a couple of days before the race up there. And it was so muddy and I pretty much felt like I died on top of my motorcycle that day, <laughs> but I think I ended up getting, uh, I want to say there was like 35 silver riders and I think I got 28th or 27th. And so in my mind, I felt like I did pretty good. I was like, well, this is my first race ever. And, you know, I, I didn't get dead last in my class. So maybe I've got something here. And I just, I, I, I probably got a little obsessed with it, but it's just been something that I, I pretty much practice. I, I practice some way almost every day, whether it's on top of a motorcycle or I spent time on top of a balance board in my living room mm-hmm. watching TV just to, you know, to, to, to correct my balance and get better on control and stuff. So, yeah, you're pushing yourself. I mean, even to the point where you're getting some amazing results now, just talking to you, meeting you at the the race though. I, I unfortunately missed the the actual race day. Yeah. You, you sent me a message like, dude, I got, what was it? 10th, right? Well, no, I didn't get that. I was at one, at one point in the race, one of the, uh, one of the, the guys doing the checkpoints, I think I was running in like 11th or 12th place at about two hours in. And I ended up, I think roughly the three hour mark, I, uh, hit my bike over pretty hard and put a hole in the radiator and I lost all my fluid. And I, I just, I, I was so exhausted for some reason. I ended up, uh, I, I didn't even go back and change it out and try to start again. I just ended up going back to the truck and, and calling it quits on this last one. But I mean, you were, you were crushing it at the time you were, I mean, granted things can change and things did change, right? You punch your hole into your radiator. Yeah. So you got taken out was, of the, you know, and that was moving. So last year I did the, um, was my first year of doing hard enduros and I was in the silver class in the SEER series. And then I did the AMA and I did the, I was in a class and this year I moved up into the pro class. So I'm doing gold in the SEER series and I'm doing the pro class in the AMA stuff. So, um, and consistently, you know, I've been getting, uh, like a top 20 finishes in the pro class, which to me, um, 
you know, it's not, it's not absolutely killing it, but just for my second year in, I feel like we're doing okay. So, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you, you're at a level that again, people feel that I know it's going off what I just said, but people feel that if they didn't start out at a young age, then they have no chance whatsoever in racing. So they just kind of, they literally give up at that moment. Say, I, I just wouldn't be able to do it. And you come in and this is your 38 years old <laughs> I say in, in your thirties, you yeah. come in and you start, you try it out, find out that, Hey, I'm not dead last. So there's something here. Yeah. You progress even more. You're like, well, how can I get into this a little bit further? Is that where, do you think that's where evolve kind of stem from evolve? Like the it, brand it, it actually is. I mean, it, it evolve. It's, it's more than just, uh, it kind of represents, you know, my whole life. And I feel like at, at some point here, we need to kind of back up and, you know, we'll cover a little bit of my backstory, but, you know, just as a human and um, a dirt bike rider and as a dad and a husband and everything, I feel like I'm trying to evolve every day for, to be something better and different, you know? So, yeah, you know, one of my goals when I wake up in the morning is to somehow or another that day better myself as a human being, whether it's uh, learning something, you know, at my job or, you know, with my guys or, you know, learning something on a podcast or learning something on a YouTube show and nice um, just, or, you know, training or running or something like I try to, I try to make every day some kind of a, a platform to grow to the next day to be better. So oh, dude, that that's dope. I like that. And well, I want to dig into that a little bit more in a minute that, but you're getting these great finishes now. I mean, you're going to TKO, right? Yeah. Yep. So that's a, that's the, the, I guess the finale of the series, right? Ninth race or something yeah, like that. Kind of the biggest, baddest race in America, as far as hard enduro stuff goes. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, uh, last year I got a top, well, an A class, I think it was a top 50 finish. I'm, I, I might be wrong on this, but it was good enough. Yeah. 39th last year to qualify me to not have to do the morning race on Saturday at TKO. So I have to do, so I'm doing the afternoon race on Saturday and TKO. And then, you know, then they start knocking people off as the races go on. So hopefully the goal this year is to make it into a couple different races on Sunday morning, hopefully. So. Yeah, that'd be dope. But I, I mean, think yeah. my best my best AMA finish this year, and I could be wrong on this too. I try not pay too close attention to this because I can be kind of hard on myself. But I think in Ohio, I got a 16th overall, which in the pro class, a 16th overall, in my opinion, is I don't. I was I was pretty stoked with that. So yeah, yeah, I'm stoked for that. I mean, I've had I've had certain guests. I've had multiple guests on the podcast, and some of them were like, "Dude, I'm top 15." And yeah. I'm top 15 consecutively. I'm like top 15. That's amazing. Out of every rider in the whole United States, you're top 15 in hard endurance. I was like, yep. And I was like, wow, that is incredible. So being top 16 is yeah. fantastic. Yep. I, I like that. Top 20, you know, going through the series, if you're at top 20. So did you hit everything in the West coast as well, or just out here in the East no, coast? Not, nothing in the West coast, everything in the West coast for me was, I want to say at least you know, 17, 18 hours away. And I knew mm-hmm. I was going to hit. So I was, I was going to hit both of the paint, the PA races uh, on the East coast. And I ended up having to miss the first one due to a client that I made a, an earlier promise this year to get a project done for. And I just, I couldn't leave town. So I missed the, I hit everything 
in the AMA series on the East coast, except for tough, like roar. Right. And so we're going to finish the the series off with uh, TKO, but that's incredible. Still hitting the variety of races over here. Um, not, you know, unfortunately the weekend that we, uh, that we met over at, um, what was that? Sugarloaf is the yeah. area called, right? Kind of a cool place. Yeah, the first time they've had it there. Yeah. The locked and loaded guys were awesome mm-hmm. this year. They put on a phenomenal race. Yeah. I was, I thought it was pretty cool. I wish there was more turnout for sure. And I'm, I was surprised there wasn't as much. I was like showing up. I was like one of the only cars out in the parking lot. I was like, is the race starting today? Yeah, What's actually, going on? The, yeah, the, the main race had quite a few people there. There was quite a few people that ended up showing up for the main race on oh, Sunday. Good, good, good. The having those type of results, that's super cool, dude. I think that's something you definitely should pat on your back. Like you should talk. Your, I mean, give yourself the compliment to, to, uh, the achievement that you've done for yourself within such a short amount of time. And you have a social media account that's packed full of practices. If it's on your KTMs or if it's on, uh, your balancing, you know, little balancing board that you have your other little, um, trials bike, hanging out with trials riders, hanging out with hard enduro guys, going out and riding with other pros. It's these little tiny things that, refine you to get you to the position that you've made it. And it's it just showing up really is, uh, not the first step, but is, is one of the steps to get closer to where you were, your goals are. Yeah. People, um, you know, and I, and I hope I don't upset anybody by saying this, but people don't really understand how much effort the top guys put into any, any sport in general, but in this hard enduro sport, I was, um, I, I, I got to hang out with, uh, Spinny Spencer Wilton and, uh, he's usually a top 10 finisher in the AMA mm-hmm. hard enduro. And we ended up staying in the same cabin together over the locked and loaded race. And, nice. you know, just listening to how much those guys train and how much time goes into just development on a daily basis. And then he's gotten to hang out with, um, Tristan Hart, which as you know, Tristan Hart's the number one guy in America this year. Um, Cody Webb being hurt and everything, but I mean, Tristan Hart, you know, I'm not going to go into detail, but he gets up, you know, at seven in the morning and basically trains six, seven hours a day, either physically running or on his dirt bike. And people, you know, a lot of guys in the, in the lower classes, they just like, well, I'll never be as talented as that guy. And it's like, man, I mean, those top guys are dedicated and that's what it takes. Mm -hmm. Like maybe I'm not as talented as Tristan Hart and never will be, but like, if you don't put the effort into, and this goes to anything in life, but if you don't put the effort in and the sacrifice, you're never going to find out that's for sure. So, yeah. And that's applicable to everything though. It's like, if you don't apply yourself to the current situation and the job that you're in, you never know what kind of opportunities you're missing out on. So It, it goes everywhere. I, I sat down and chatted with uh, Tristan's parents and got some interesting information out of them about what life decisions he's created or that he's chosen. Yeah. And it, it was really surprising, but sacrifices. I mean, yeah, the kids, yeah. Yeah, people but don't. It's, it's look where he's at because of it. Nobody handed him, you know, people, you hear the haters sit back and they're like, yeah, well, you know, he gets all the sponsorship from KTM and all the help. Well, they, he didn't just get that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he worked, 
he worked very, very hard to be in the position that he's in. So yeah, for years, for yeah. years, broken back, all sorts of injuries. Yep. And he just keeps coming back stronger and stronger and stronger. And, I mean, yeah. And not to downplay any of those guys. I mean, all hmm. of the top 10, top 15 guys, they, they put a lot of time and effort into it. You know, I mean, it's, it, it, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of energy and willpower to be able to, to ride a dirt bike to that level. And for that yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. I didn't get a chat. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to see what Saturday or Sunday was like, but uh, watching the prologues, like first and second race with the pros, yeah. I mean, Ryder was on Tristan too, almost yeah. the whole time. In fact, Ryder was in front of Tristan in the first prologue. Like yeah, he was he's, crushing he's been it. Absolutely killing it. Ryder is probably my favorite, if, favorite guy right now. I just, he's, he's such a good kid and he's got a great heart and he'll talk to anybody and he's so humble uh, he's, he's an awesome kid. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely one I'm rooting for, but like, I just love the fact that Tristan has put in so much time and effort and I Spencer, we got to meet Spencer. He was awesome. I just had a couple yeah, podcasts yeah, with gotta, You got to do a podcast with Spencer. I am. I, he's on, he's, he's on the, he's on the list. I just had one with Quinn. So yeah. it's, uh, I, meeting all these guys, all these pros at this event was so, it, it was so enlightening and yeah. enjoyable to see exactly who they are in person and, and how they present themselves and then get to talk to them on a more personal level, but watch them race. I think that was the best part of it. It's like you get to see these guys line up top athletes head to head, and then you get to see them just fight and fight and fight. But when the race is over, they're hanging out again and just chilling, yeah. having and a that's good time. One thing, you know, that's one thing it, it kind of happened at the, um, so I have to give Quinn Winslow a shout out for this, but it kind of happened at the uh, the first hard enduro race that I went to. I was parked and Quinn Winslow pulled up and he ended up parking right next to me. And it was just like, to me, it was unbelievable that this top pro athlete, you know, at Quinn Winslow's level would, would take time to like talk to me and just make me feel like I'm part of the sport, even though it was my first race ever. And so, and, and pretty much everybody, especially the top pros that I've met so far in hard enduro are that way. They just like, it's a, it's a family and it's a tight family, but at the same time, they have their arms wide open to anybody that wants to join and talk to them. And, you know, so it's that, I think that helped a lot with me, you know, deciding to really get into it and dig into it was just the, I mean, they're, they're all just easy to talk to and great guys. I've actually be, d developed a pretty decent relationship with Quinn and I've been out to his house and he's, you know, helped me do some training and stuff. And I would say, you know, as far as a pro individual, he's, he's definitely helped me out the most as far as, you know, training and helping and answering questions and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, He's a good guy, and I, I'm yeah. stoked to have I'm stoked to have him on the podcast, and I'm excited to share his his um, the information that I got to pull out of him. It's yeah. going to be fun for people to hear. And same thing with you, like having you on here, get to you, share you this information. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Let's. I'd like to dive in back to what we were talking about um, when we were talking in person. You you were starting to tell me some of a story of your past and what some of the trials and uh, troubles that you've had in your life and how really keeping your head, your, your nose to the, to the ground, like focusing on what's in front of you to be successful. You've found that you have a good outlet with action sports. Like it's a great place to be, but 
prior to this, you you were telling me that there's there's been some things that you made, you know, some choices that you made that weren't probably the the most righteous or choices, right? I, let's use the word righteous, right? Well, I mean, um, if, you if you don't mind, I would, I mean, I'll dig right in and be honest with everybody. Cause I mean, the, the story that I have is, um, is one that I enjoy sharing, uh, has some meaning. And I think people are, um, eager to hear stories like this. Um, cause they either have been through it or have a friend or a family member that has been through it. So, um, but I mean, it really just to kind of back up with, and I'll try not to get into too much detail to take up too much time on all this, but to back up, I was raised in a really strict, like godly uh, foundation home. And I had, uh, I was in a, a kind of a long-term relationship. And at the end of that, it, the, that relationship ended really, really bad when I was about 22. And it, it was bad enough to make me really just question my foundation and who I was as a human altogether. And so for the next few years, I really just dove into the wildlife as far as going out to bars. And I got involved in, uh, I really liked street bikes at the time. So I started getting involved with a local stunt group. And I don't know if you know what that is, but basically um, parking lot stunts on a street bike. So like the slow wheelies and all that kind of stuff. And I really got involved in all that. And that led to making videos of running from cops. And that led to me running into a cop at a gas station. So like I was parked at a gas station on a street bike and a cop had pulled into the gas station and I tried to leave the gas station. And when I did, I actually like ran into him with my street bike. Cause he ran out in front of me. So we'll fast forward through a lot of stuff that happened, but I fought all that in court for a while and ended up doing, I ended up doing a total of about um, three years in prison for that whole situation. But, uh, you know, to kind of back up a little bit before I went to prison, um, I had really gotten into, I'd gotten into a motorcycle accident. And so I had a doctor that had prescribed me some painkillers and, that whole situation turned into a total of about four to five years of on and off um, pill slash heroin addiction. So, I mean, I, I lived pretty rough for a while. Um, I mean, I even got to the point where I was like dealing uh, heroin and pills and stuff to, you know, to pay for what I was doing and to survive. And so really the, the whole going to prison thing was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because at that point, it shut me down and it really sat me down and I had to think about what I was doing in life. And at the time I was 20, I was 29 years old whenever I got locked up and I just decided um, at that point that I was going to use that three years to better myself as a human being and to do whatever I had to do while I was in there to really focus on like, figuring out why Frank Atwell ticks and what it is that I need to, to make myself a better person. And so, um, you know, I, I ended up, I gave my heart back to Christ and really started following, you know, my faith again. And that obviously gave me some really good roots and background to get, you know, really grounded again. And, you know, from that, um, I mean, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail about being in prison, but, you know, it was, I, I, I can honestly say it was one of the, it was one of the best times of, uh, 
of my life in some ways because I really figured out like who I was and I figured out what was important and I figured out so many like intricate things about me that I feel like a lot of people don't get figured out till they're in their fifties and sixties. And so anyway, I got out and, um, you know, I, I was up in North Dakota in the oil fields for a year. And that's when I bought that, that, uh, the KX 250 for that little short two months up there. Um, but I was up there because my parents were up there working. And so I went up there to stay with them for that year. And so that was 2016 when that happened. And I think I was 30, I want to say I was 32 ish. Um, so then I decided to come back down to Kansas city and start building decks because this is what the decks and the construction stuff is what I had done before I got in trouble. And before I got wild, I had been in construction most of my life. And so, so in 2016, 2017, I came back to Kansas city and I started deco construction and it was just me and a, and a Ford F-250 diesel that I paid about $5,000 for. And I moved into one of my friend's spare bedrooms in his house. And, you know, fast forward five years later, um, I, you know, I've bought and sold my own house. Um, I currently actually live in an apartment, but I have some land that's paid off that we're probably going to build a house on in the near future. And, you know, I've owned a, some really nice cars and, um, you know, the Audi R8 was my dream car from whenever I was a kid. I just like, I absolutely loved that car and, um, you know, being able to purchase it and, you know, be at the position of where I'm at now, um, is just, it's, it, it, I mean, there's not a day that I, I don't wake up counting the blessings that I have, you know? And I mean, even with this hard enduro thing and racing, a lot of guys struggle just to make it to the races. Um, and I've actually been blessed enough to where, you know, I pay for myself to race. And I've also got a couple kids that, um, I mean, I don't full on sponsor them, but you know, I, I buy some boots for them and I help them on gas and then help them with the trips and stuff. And so, you know, just to be able to give back and, and, you know, it's just, it's just amazing when you actually put your, you know, your, your full uh, being into life, you know, what you can accomplish. I just, I look around and I see so many people like struggling and wondering why that, you know, why, why is this person ahead and I'm struggling over here. And then when you, when you look at it, you're like, well, you're just, you're not, you're not putting effort into life, you know, like what did you do yesterday to make yourself better than today? You know, like most of the time the answer is, well, I don't know. I watched, you know, a lot of TikTok or Facebook or Instagram, or I, you know, I, this is, it's just, you know, life, there's so many choices that you have to make in life to, to make yourself move forward. And most people don't want to sacrifice, you know, to be able to do it. No, that's so, that's so fascinating. Cause that goes back to what you were saying earlier about evolve, right? We, you got to continually step forward and keep evolving from the person you, you once were guy once told me a while back, like when I was a kid that I needed to lose my identity. And I always thought that was really strange. It's like, why would somebody tell me to lose my identity? And as I grew older and older, I always reflect that that was somewhat 15 to 16 years ago. And I reflect on it today and I'm like, man, what an impactful statement that somebody gave me at a young age to lose your identity. And it's not to say 
the person that you are is a bad person, but it's, is the person you are who you want to be in the next five years is the person you are today. The person you want to be in 10 years. Do you want to stay the same or do you want to be better? And with saying that the person that you are today, no matter what level you're at, should never be the person you want to be in five years. You know, like you should, you should always be wanting to push forward. I mean, even if I don't continue to do this hard enduro thing for the next five to 10 years or something, there's going to be, you know, I'm going to pick something that pushes the boundaries of who I am as an individual, because, you know, if you're not, I don't know, this is the way I look at it. If you're not pushing yourself to be better and move forward, somehow you're going backwards because you can't just sit in neutral. Like it's, it's just impossible. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. Either yeah. you're either progressing or digressing. Right. Yep. So yeah, that was a wise is. man who ever told you that. That's I like that one. He, he was, he is, he's a, he's a wise man. He's bicycled across the whole U S. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's an interesting fella and he's, yeah, he's a great guy, but it's, it's good to see and meet other people like yourself that have come to that realization. Hey, I need to continue to grow. And so people listen to the podcast, like if there's some course corrections in your life that you know you need to make, start making them. Don't wait till tomorrow to make them because tomorrow might never come. Make them right now in the moment. What can I do? Should I be sitting here on TikTok? Should I be sitting here uh, scrolling through any of my other social medias? Am I supposed to be watching? Should I sit here and watch Stranger Things? There's definitely a, a time and place for all things. Um, relaxing. I listened to a, a video uh, not a video, but a, uh, an individual uh, I think it was Earl Nightingale that said it. Um, make sure that you set apart in your life recreation. And he said, recreation, if you break down the word, create, recreate, right? Recreate. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. And that, in itself is saying, yes, there's some time where you should be relaxing. You should be, you know, uh, taking it easy, letting yourself reset rest. But if there's some work that you can be doing, man, don't stop yourself. Is there a race that you can get to get to it? TKO is a, is a 12 hour drive for me. And I'm, I've already marked it off my calendar. I'm like, I'm going to go. I I don't know how it's going to work, but it's going to work. We're going to make it work. And you just start making the changes today making those slight little 1% doesn't have to be a massive shift. It needs to be one small thing difference. So what is some, what's something you did today? I'm ready to bring that fact up. And I'm glad that you did. Cause that's like, I, I think it overwhelms so many people because they see someone mm-hmm. being successful. Right. And they look up at them on this pedestal and they're like, there's just no way that I can get there. I'm just, I'm not, I just can't do it. It's too much stuff, but it's like, all you have to do is just take that little step every day because it compounds all those little steps start compounding. You know what I mean? So if, if yesterday you didn't get up and make your bed, then make your bed tomorrow. If it's that small of something that you can do to improve yourself, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, yeah, I I love that you just said that because that's like, that's one thing that so many people struggle with because they just look up at the pedestal and they can't, they can't ever imagine themselves getting there. And it's like that person didn't just get born on top of that. They (laughs) climbed their way up one tiny step at a time and they made it there, you know? Yeah, no, you're hundred percent correct. There's, there's all sorts of stuff we could do. So you mentioned that you have some course create or course, you know, correction yeah and you look to change every single day so share what you've changed today something you've learned today 
something today. Ooh. Yeah, put you on the spot. Uh, um, well, today was actually my day off. So not not work wise, but um, so I've uh, I'd say by the time this airs, I won't have to worry about it. But me and a couple other hard enduro guys have. Um, made a, a middle commitment to each other to really like uh get into it physically as far as like training so instead of just you know doing our small workouts and riding a little bit like we've really decided to buckle down and do some hardcore training and so today was like my i think my sixth sixth or seventh day on and so i decided to take the day off and let my body rest there so i didn't do much uh didn't do any physical training today um mentally you know um i would say today um it was probably more uh on the dad side of things today um you know i got to spend a little time with uh, my kids this evening and my daughter we just uh we had a uh, a little girl may 2nd so she's about 3 months old now and yeah congrats i think just um you know, spending time with them and getting to go to the library and, um, being able to hold her for the short amount of time that I did, it just, it, it made me realize that I probably need to just figure out how to spend some more time with her and, and bond with her and, uh, you know, enjoy the moments of her being little because, you know, when I blink my eyes, she's going to be asking for the car keys. Um, so I think today was just a little bit of an eye opener to just be a, a little bit more present of a father. So I'd say that's there you go. What I, what yeah. I, there's your win. There's your course correction, right? Be more present as a father. That's one of the neat things I've, I've been working on too. It's like, so for dinner time, when I was prepping for podcasts, leave my phone in the office. And then go downstairs and be present with everybody. So I have my Apple watch, which talks my, my phone. So I know what time it is and what's going on, but I'm not on my phone. I can't scroll through social media on my watch. I can't really. Um, but I, I, you, you got to keep finding these little tiny course corrections just so you can be more present with either your family. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like these little tiny things like that, being more present, turning your phone off, keeping your phone in a different place. Um, course correction that I've had today is focusing more into, uh, or diving more into the subconscious mind and really getting into how you can train yourself on another level that most like literally 99% of people don't do or understand how to do it. So I've been, I've been working through that because I know the mental side of, of writing, podcasting life is there is no limit to the the knowledge that you can gather and and the ideas that you can come up with there is no limit that's what's so fascinating about our brains we can do anything we want yeah so i yeah, that's kind of my thing dialogue with all these different human beings is uh is pretty cool like doing what mm. you do for a living like i've always I, i'm a big like joe rogan fan and some of those of different guys and 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 maybe you don't agree I'm not talking about you personally, but maybe someone doesn't agree with what Joe Rogan says or what some of these other guys say, but it's what they dive into and just being able to talk human to human and mm -hmm. start talking for two or three hours and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like that's where, I don't know. I love that about life. Like I'm just, 
I'm, I'm, I don't know if I would call myself a people person. I guess I kind of am, but like, I just, I love being able to have dialogue with people and, and move forward conversation wise. It's great having, you know, those types of conversations with people, but yeah, absolutely. I right there with you, dude. I a hundred percent agree. Uh, I'd like to, to kind of shift a little bit more towards the end of the show. Uh, talk, we talk a lot about sponsorships and yeah. you're a privateer. Like when I first saw Evolve Moto, I was thinking this was a big company, like a dealership. And this is this fan, like this uh, company that's sponsoring multiple riders. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And then I dive into it. I'm like, oh, interesting. It's a privateer that own, you own a business though. So Deco that you are able to help other riders out kind of like you explained a few minutes ago, but it's your race brand. It's your team brand. Yeah. And you're still building it out, building it up, just kind of like uh, how uh, Craig Thompson did with SRT, right? Yeah. Yep. Super, super similar, super interesting to, to see it happening. Um, so when it comes to, to actual sponsors, though, you do you work with a couple of companies like Fly Racing. Do you work with Fly? So I've got a deal with, um, and I'm, I'm pretty, um, I don't know, I guess... Uh, uh, I, I don't like saying that I have a deal with these people because it's really just a rider. Um, I can't even think of the name of it right now, support. but uh, rider support. support. So basically, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Garnet Boots gives me um, a percentage off and Fly gives me a percentage off. And then my local dealership, Letco Cycles out of Olathe, Kansas, they give me a, a pretty so significant discount on all my parts and bikes when I buy new bikes and stuff like that. So nice. other than those three, um, I mean, that's really, you know, who, I mean, the rest of it's pretty much funded out of my pocketbook, but, um, you know, I would like to, um, if I continue doing this next year, which I mean, there's a pretty good chance I will. Um, but if I continue to do it, I would like to try to get a little bit, you know, a little bit more help from other places. So we'll see how that goes. But I think, you know, kind of finishing where I'm finishing the year off, depending, I think TKO is going to help some, you know, if I can, if I can have a good race and not break anything and actually do okay on Sunday, um, that would be nice. Uh, so, you know, being able to turn in, some decent results from this year in the pro class. Cause last year, those sponsorships all came from just being in the amateur class. So, you know, this year I would be able to turn in some results from being in the pro class and hopefully that helps some. Yeah. hundred percent. Do you, so do you feel, or do you see like the advantage of landing or working with companies and building out those relationships as an athlete? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I kind of have a, uh, I hope I don't like, again, I hope I don't offend anybody, but like, I, I guess I don't quite understand why companies don't, um, build more relationships with more of the top riders. Um, I guess maybe they feel like they sell their products without, um, you know, without help, like they just need the very top guys. And so that's kind of like where they stop at and the rest of it doesn't really matter to them. Um, I just feel like if, if, if some of the companies, um, if you just felt like you were more part of them, even if they were still giving you that 30 to 40 to 50% off, but they made you feel like more part of the team, you know, if you're blasting them out on Instagram all the time, cause like for me, you know, um, I mean, I don't really get any more help from 
those from Garnet Boots or, or Fly, I don't get more help than like just pretty much any normal writer that, you know, wants sponsorship from them. But I, I blast them out on every one of my videos. You're going to see a fly tag and a, and a boot tag. And, um, you know, I just try to really let people know that on my Evolve Moto page that those guys help me out, you know, and um, it would be, it'd be nice to find a company that I, I, IRC tires does seems like they do a really good job of like when they get a rider, they really kind of build a relationship with them and, you know, it, in they, I don't know. I like the, I like what I see from those guys. And, but I don't know. I don't, I guess I really don't know that much about the sponsorship side of things yet. And I'd like to be able to dig in with, you know, somebody that, and I also think that, you know, if I, for instance, if I owned a clothing brand, I would want to look for riders that have a big personality or, or post a lot, or, you know, really have the ability to get my brand out there, you know, like they own a vehicle that looks presentable in a trailer or something. And so like, they're going to be driving that to the race. And so, you know, you're going to want that sticker. You're going to want your, your company sticker on that vehicle because it's a nicer, newer vehicle. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they keep nicer, newer bikes with new plastic on it and stuff. And I, I don't know, like, it'd be interesting to find somebody that was really good to work with, but I think that'll come in time and, you know, I'll learn more about that as time goes on. Yeah, hundred percent. It's one of those things that, I mean, the, the mantra that's been in the world so far has been like, Oh, you have to have the results to get the sponsorships Yeah. without results. You're not going to get the deals that you, you really want. Yeah. Uh, it's, it seemingly have been that way for decades. That's just what was accepted. I mean, the only people that we ever thought were landing sponsorships were the guys that were on TV, right? Supercross and, yeah. uh, FMX or Nitro Circus, those individuals, yeah, because they're on TV, they must, they're making millions of dollars and they are, of course, sponsored for every anything and everything they ever want. They have it all. And then all the people that you never see, you're just like, ah, oh, they're not sponsored. They have no no help. It, it's fascinating to, to think that, well, that's the only way you can get a sponsor is you have to be on television. You have to be this top tier athlete. It's definitely changed nowadays. It's definitely changed. Spencer, Spencer definitely has been diving into it and really getting some cool results with what he's doing. I really love, like I said, I got to spend some time with him and he puts a lot of time and effort into the companies that represent him and Mm -hmm. social media and making the blogs and all that stuff. And I, you know, if I could get some more help and, and be that for someone, I would love to do that part. I, I, I love, you know, like being on this podcast or like posting Instagram stories to promote things. Like I really enjoy that stuff. And I actually like the technical side of it too, like the movie editing and things like that. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm hoping in the future, if I stay in this, that, you know, somebody I can, I can find someone to team up with and really, you know, push, push them and, and, and go somewhere with it. But yeah. Hundred percent, dude. I love that. I love the ambition and and everybody listening. Like this is this is exactly what everybody should be working towards. Like you you have an opportunity out there, so you keep looking. There's yeah. uh, there's actually the here at the Action Sports Club. This is what we specialize in, and this is something that you guys can come to us and we can answer these questions and help you guys get to where you want to go. And I know I didn't prep I didn't prep Frank too well on this of of actually what our company does. Um, Usually I just want to talk more about Frank and who he is and how, or talk about the guests in general, 
and yeah. what they've been doing. And that's why I wanted Frank on because Frank's a privateer. So we're getting another perspective other than the, he's a pro, but he's a privateer. So he's having to fund all this. He has a company himself that's working and helping him get to where he wants to go with the industry. And he sees that there is a necessity as well. And there's an opportunity, but he's trying to work it through and like, okay, how do we do this? And that's, that's, you know, I think that's another thing that, that I have that, uh, that some, you know, maybe younger kids don't have is I have that business mindset too. Cause I've ran a yeah. business a lot when I was younger and uh, you know, for the last five or six years, I've really ran a business. So like with being sponsored by someone, I think I bring a pretty high level of, um, intelligence when it comes to, you know, what it's like to run a business and what it means for advertisement and why advertisement's even important and like who mm-hmm. you want representing you and why you want that person representing you. So, you know, I, Deco, uh, I won't talk too much about this, but Deco in Kansas city is one of the top, uh, deck, like high end deck companies. And everybody knows that because, I really like advertising and I do a lot of like Instagram and Facebook posts and, you know, we put out a really, really high end, nice deck. And so, you know, there's probably, I'm just guesstimating, but I'm going to say four or five, you know, top high end deck companies in Kansas city. And Deco is a name that's going to be brought up when people talk about getting a nice deck done. And, you know, so like, so that, that knowledge of understanding what a brand is and what the name Mm -hmm. is, I have that, you know, so I, if I, like I said, if I continue to stay in the sport, you know, linking up with somebody that, you know, wants some sponsorship and push in that direction, I would love that. But yeah. Nope. And see, that's good to have that mindset and people understand like you're given the perspective as the business owner, what you're looking for as well. Yeah. Kind of individuals, like you mentioned, you know, making the bikes look nice, making sure that they're present on social media, if they're pushing social media, like these are all little things that you've already presented that you're looking for in an athlete you're looking for as a business owner. So I love that. Well, dude, uh, I appreciate your time. Let's have you drop your handles where everybody can find you and we'll sign off. Yeah. Um, so evolve moto, um, I wasn't, uh, I don't have this pulled up right second. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just evolve dot moto is on Instagram. Uh, and then, uh, that's, I mean, that's the only thing I have right now, as far as like social media goes, I'm not, I don't have the evolve moto on Facebook or anything like that, but if you want to look me up on there, they can find me through that. Perfect. Yep. You can find that. He branches out a little bit with some other things. If you guys are looking for decks in the Kansas city area, yeah, go to deco check out that code. Yeah. And I also, I, I don't have, they're getting printed right now, but I have some hats and shirts that I, that I carry. So if you guys see cool. me at a race or something, you want a hat or a shirt, just hit me up. Nice. Love it, dude. Well, appreciate your time, dude. And, uh, we'll catch you again. We'll have to do it again. We'll have to do it in person though. I think it'd be more yeah. fun. All right. So, sounds good. Okay, dude. Thank Talk you to you later. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening. If you found value on this episode, be sure to share the vibes and subscribe, drop a review, and rate the podcast. If you want to further your knowledge on how we're helping people like you spend more time riding, be sure to head over to theactionsportspodcast.com and request an invite to join the fastest growing club in action sports. And come join the Action Sports Army by following us on all social media channels. Find us at The Action Sports Club. And thank you again for being a listener of the Action Sports Podcast.